In today's show, we look back at Thursday's action in the NBA, cover all waiver moves, cover news, cover everything that happened. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble on Instagram at RedRock underscore. No, it's not. Instagram's at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. TikTok is RedRock underscore Beeble. Guys, I screwed it up, but that's okay because today's episode is brought to you by Fangio Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit Fangio.com slash Locked On today to get started. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Let's look at some news. Don't think it's going to be a particularly long show, but I say that and then something might crop up where I go off on a tangent for a bit. But we'll talk news. Let's talk it now, Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> all right. Luca is out. We heard reports that Kyrie, Hardaway, and Doncic all practiced in full for the Mavs. Doncic is out for Friday, and Irving is questionable, and Hardaway is questionable. So that leaves us in a weird position of what to do with Josh Green, what to do with Jaden Hardy. Because if both Irving and Hardaway play, it's hard to see someone, especially someone like Jaden Hardy, to have the ability to start or to get enough usage to be usable. But if Kyrie and Hardaway end up being out, then yeah, there's great value in those guys. So I'd like to hold on to Hardy and Green if I've got them for now until we get more clarity on the Irving situation and on Tim Hardaway. But at the moment, all we know is that Luka Doncic is out. What we do know is that Jason Tatum appeared on the injury report for Boston with a hip injury. He had a pretty hard fall in that last game against Minnesota. He played through it, but that's why he has appeared there with hip soreness. And then we've got the news, and we'll talk more about this when we get to the Pacers recap today, that Tyrese Halliburton is going to be out at least three games. That was before today's game. So he's got um, a couple more at least to go, which is Saturday's game and Monday's game. And the way that Rick Carlisle was talking, I was like, eh, I think it's going to be a while. That, to me, makes me think that at least three is more than three pretty comfortably. And it probably takes him out of all of next week, would be my guess. He did have a knee issue, and then he was back at practice and sprained his ankle. So it is a separate injury. So he sprained his ankle at practice, and that is what is keeping Tyrus Halliburton out. So I think we probably see him miss... From now, another 10 days would be my guess. Maybe he returns. They've got a Friday, Saturday back-to-back. So when we see that, I thought maybe he'd miss the Saturday-Monday game, and then he might miss Wednesday. And you go, normally go, okay, well, he could be back for the Friday. But because it's a back-to-back, I think there's a chance that he just sits the first game of that back-to-back and then comes back on the Saturday, the 25th, would be my estimation at this point for Halliburton's return, meaning that your additions of TJ McConnell or Andrew Nempard or Jordan Nwora or Aaron Neesmith have maybe four to five games worth of value coming in there. We don't have an update on when Matherin's back, but I wouldn't be shocked if he's out for that same amount of time as well, given how significant his ankle injury looked when it happened. The top waiver ads over the last 24 hours. Number one of those was Cole Anthony of the Orlando Magic. Oh, actually, I'm sorry, of the Orlando Magic. Because um, they had a really good schedule. They had the best schedule in the NBA, five games in eight nights starting today. 
So adding a Cole Anthony, you'll see on that list, Jalen Suggsy Suggs is there, up 7%. Both of those guys had the value of being on a low-volume day today, plus the most games in the NBA across the next eight days. So we really like that. Corey Joseph was up 8%. He's still got a lot of minutes today, despite Ivy and Hayes both playing over 30, which was curious. His value depends a little bit on Alec Burks and Boyan Bogdanovich, who I'm not sure play again this season. But if they do, then Joseph's not going to be useful. But yeah, fair enough today. Lou Dort, who honestly is the worst offensive guard in the NBA who's not named Dylan Brooks. No, my son is also named Bort. By worst, I mean most destructive. There are others who maybe are worse because they never even take shots, but he is, his offense and his inefficiency is horrendous. It's so bad. And he did it again today. So RIP in pieces, your field goal percentage, if you happen to add Lou Dort, but at least his minutes were pretty solid. Jordan Wara up 6%. I think that might work out okay. Definitely love it in 14 teams, and there was some value there for him for 12s. Killian Hayes up five. Yeah, look, I would have added him, you know, maybe months ago. Um, so hopefully people uh, got on board there. Well, they did. They added him up 5%. Kevon Looney up 4%. Draymond is out tomorrow, suspended. Steph is likely to play, even though he's listed questionable. Looney, when Draymond is out, tends to perform better. So I like that one. And then Matisse Thibel up 4%. I guess we're looking at the minute split between Thibel and Reddish last game, and that boosts Matisse, Matisse's value up. The most dropped players. Number one on that list is Tari Tank season, down 12%. I get it. He didn't play particularly well. But the Rockets have one of the best upcoming schedules. And that does make it hard for me to look at him as an absolute must drop. They play Friday, Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Five games and the next eight nights starting tomorrow. That makes it really, really hard to consider him a drop. There aren't many teams who do that. Actually, that's true. There are a few. There's about six teams that do that. But they're one of them. And Eason at least has got an 18 to 20-minute role at minimum. So while it was disappointing, I don't know if I would have gone that hard in dropping him. Dylan Wright down 8%. Yeah, frustrating to see his minutes fall the way that they have. But he also, like the Rockets, the Wizards have five games in eight nights coming up. And there's a Friday, Saturday back-to-back coming up. And they play Friday, Saturday, Tuesday. It's some pretty good numbers there. Again, I wouldn't have rushed to drop him. Timmy Hardaway is very up and down with his production, and they only play one more game this week, and he might play zero. So totally understand moving on from him. Cameron Reddish down 6%. Well, as I say all the time, once you see someone play 19 minutes and you know, ooh, there is a game-by-game minutes downside like that, that makes it really hard to trust him. It means he's a flyer guy. He's a, ooh, let's see what happens guy. But if that minutes downside is there, you don't have to hold on. Isaiah Livers down 5%. Sure, he's injured. Drop him. Xavier T. Ilman down 4%. Eh, it's hard to know what they're going to do with that rotation. His minutes have been down. He hasn't hit 30 minutes for the last three games, I think it is. Four games, actually. He's been under 30 minutes for four straight games. They do have a Friday, Saturday back-to-back, and they play three games in four nights starting on Friday. So the schedule is really strong. So I don't know if I would have rushed to do that. It would depend who I'm adding, but his schedule is strong. Kyle Lowry, double-cheeked up and down 4%. Double-cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon. Yeah. I wouldn't have added him in 12s. Uh, That's not true. After he played 36 the first night, I thought maybe, but then we drop him straight away, so that's cool. And then Caleb Martin, down 3%. He's not really any sort of must-roster 12-team league player, so dropping him makes sense to me as well. Today's episode is brought to you by the all-new, all-electric Nissan Aria, the Nissan's most electric player of the week for this week. We gave it to Joel Embiid in some of the other shows, but I'm going to give it to Nikola Jokic because you know what? Over the last week, Jokic has been... Once again, the number one fantasy player across the last week. He's played four games. He's averaging 33 and 12 with almost 10 assists, 
almost two steals, shooting 67 from the field and 82 from the line. There is this narrative that Embiid is hyper-efficient and takes more shots than Jokic. Uh, Embiid is averaging half a shot more than Jokic over the last week, 19.5 versus 20, and uh, Jokic is hitting them at 67% and Embiid at 62 so he's still being awesome. They're both being awesome, obviously. And that sort of dual power and elegance and smarts, it's all there from Jokic and from the all-new Nissan Aria. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin-to-your-seat power and premium intelligence all in one EV. The all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. The recaps, we're into them, the first one. It does involve Big Chungus. Nikola Jokic led the Nuggets to a 119-100 win over the Pistons. They needed that. They'd lost four in a row prior to this. They smashed the Pistons, as they should. 30, 10, and 9, a steal and a block, 78% shooting for Jokic, while the headmaster, Jamal Murray, played 39 minutes and had 19, 6, and 10. Good game from him. And again, pretty frustrating to see Maga Porter Jr. down at only 28 minutes. He wasn't bad, by all means. And getting three blocks out of Porter is unbelievable. It's like hen's teeth. How, how do you get that? 15 points, a three, three blocks, while KCP, who'd also been relatively down, dropped in 20 points with four triples and three steals. So good to see those guys beat up on a bad opponent to get good production. Christian Brown, absolutely locked into the rotation now. He's just a really good player. For fantasy, it doesn't mean that much. Nine points, two steals, a block. But the fact that he's going to get 20 minutes and Reggie Jackson out of the rotation now. Christian Brown looks locked in there. That probably helps, hurts Bruce Brown a little bit, although... The Shark did play 26 minutes today with the elimination of Reggie Jackson. 26 minutes for Brown, five, that's Bruce Brown. Five, five, and four, three steals and two blocks. Now, you hate that he shot 29%, but you love four assists, three steals and two blocks, and you love that Reggie Jackson's ass is not even in the rotation. That helps Bruce. Bruce still remains a fringe 12-teamer who you wouldn't bother in a Roto League starting, but in a head-to-head league when the schedule makes sense, you do use him. And if someone happens to sit, you hope that that bumps his minutes up. They play the Saturday-Sunday back-to-back, which also makes Bruce Brown relatively valuable. Aaron Gordon, the fall-off continues. Look, 15-8 is okay, but the free throws really drag him down. He had no defensive stats. It's not a bad night, but it's not the level that he was at earlier in the season. They also took Vlako Chanchar out of the rotation. For the Pistons, we had no Bagley. He might be back next game. I don't know. No Bogdanovich, no Burks. I, I don't expect them to play. No Livers. So they started Ivy, Hayes, Magruder, Amaroi, and Jim Wiseman. Let's talk about Rocket Rodney Magruder. Rocket, Rocket, Rocket. We can't think. We can't think. Sorry, right. yeah, come Sorry. on, come on, come on, come on. 34 minutes, 20 points, eight rebounds, three steals, one block, and six triples. And legitimately, without taking the piss, it's an amazing game. Now, he was a team worst, or actually team second worst, minus 17. And I don't really see the point of developing Magruder for 34 minutes when you could be trying someone like an RJ Hampton. But what do I know? But that's what they're doing. And while Livers and Bogdanovich and Bagley all remain out, Magruder is an option for 12 10 leagues. And it sounds, we sound insane saying that. It's the same like saying Corey Joseph, who is now a top 100 player over the last week, who had 13 points in 31 minutes. If these guys are out, Bogdanovich, Livers, Burks, then Magruder and Joseph are you guys to use. We also saw the combination, finally, of Marvin Bagley IV, James Wiseman, and Jalen Duran playing together. They didn't start together, but we got 20, uh, what it, 27 minutes for D- the passport legend Jalen Duran and 30 minutes for Wiseman. They also Duran threw a couple alley-oops to Wiseman. 14-9 for Jim. That is just... 
a Wiseman line. No threes, no steals, no blocks. That's it. He's not a good fantasy player overall, and he's not going to be a good NBA player, I don't think. But while other players are out, and again, Bagley might return next game, making it all even more confusing. Wiseman has value. But Duran showed that he is clearly the better player, I think. 15, 13, and 4. Three steals for Duran. I don't think that playing those two together worked at all. I thought it looked actually pretty... Apart from the highlight alley-oops, it doesn't make any sense. They can't space. They can't defend together. It's a move that you a bad coach would make or a team intending to lose would make. Now, which one of those is the Pistons? Porque no los dos. But you still want Duran and Wiseman on your roster. Killian Hayes had 10 points on 42%. Actually, a good shooting night for him. Seven assists, one steal, two blocks. He should be rostered. While Ivy, they said they were going to limit him a little bit with his COVID minutes, but 35 minutes. The problem, again, rears its head is he's not a good category league player. 14 points on 27% shooting, going four of eight from the line with no defensive stats. He did hit two threes. He did hit six, have six assists. So 14 and six is okay. But he hurts you in so many areas, and the lack of defensive stats hurts. He's 180th this season, Ivy. He has been better, and we know that he's going to get role and usage in minutes. But as a must-roster guy, I, I, I don't know. I don't know that it's there because of how deficient he can be. Omaroy played 26 minutes. He had 11-3 and three with a steal. Not bad. Probably more suited to 14-team leagues, I would think. The next game, we look at the Sacramento Kings. They win. They are over 500. Not over 500 for the season, but they will finish the season over 500. First time in 16 years. Well done. Congratulations, guys. I didn't think you were going to be this good this season at all. 101-96, they beat the Nets on the road. Sabonis, 39 minutes. 24-21-5 with four blocks. Wow. Getting four blocks from Sabonis. You talk about getting three blocks from Michael Porter Jr. Man, that is crazy. The bad news for the Kings is that Fanta Pants Kevin Herter pinged a hammy early on. He'd missed all four of his shots, played six minutes, and pinged a hammy. They said, eh, they consider it mild. He's going to have an MRI tomorrow. The thing I worry about here is rushing him back. There's no need for them to do that. They probably will. But this is going to cost him time. It's going to cost a week, I would guess, minimum, maybe a little bit more. With him out, they started Terrence Davis in the second half, who went scoreless in nine minutes. The beneficiary, the bigger one, is Malik Monk, who now gets more minutes upside. 29 minutes for Monk, 12, 5, and 6. Now, he shot horribly, but he's going to play more, and that makes him a strong 12-team league ad. Davis is more 14 teams. The other guy to look at in deeper leagues is Kessler Edwards. Now, when Kessler Edwards got traded from the Nets to the Kings, I made a mention on the show. I, I like this guy. I think he's actually going to be a good player. I'm not really sure where he fits in, but I know he's better than like a Casey Okpala who he replaced. But he's just worked his way into the rotation for being good. 10 points, two threes, 24 minutes, and keep sort of Keegan Murray in check. Murray played 31 minutes, which is a positive, but 11 and four with three threes continues to be quite subpar. And if it wasn't for the Kings' really strong schedule, he is not a 12-team league player, nor is Harrison Barnes, who had 11 and 6. These are just numbers that are only good through volume. They're only useful through volume. If they have a stretch, and I don't think they do. I think they've got a really strong schedule to end the year. But if they have to miss a game, then their value is not there. Um, Fox was really off with his shooting today. 18, 6, and 5 looks great, but when you have no defensive stats, when you shoot 31% from the field and you go 6 of 10 from the line, that's it's really quite a negative um, category league game. For points leagues, it's not bad, but it is quite down in other areas. While Trey Lyles returned from his suspension, 11 and 6 with two threes. He's absolutely on the 12-team schedule stream. Look, that's the same game as you get from Murray and Barnes most nights. That's on the schedule stream for 12s. For the Nets, same starting lineup for them again. Nicky Claxton, 32 minutes. 14 and 14 with two blocks, while Mikael Bridges, 23, 4 and 2. And this is what I talked about with Bridges when I did the buy low, sell high show, saying, look, 23, 4 and 2 is great, 
but he makes his money off high efficiency. And at that usage, I don't think it sticks. 41% from the field, 17 attempts. He was also a team worst minus nine somehow. That's what's going to bring him back from being that player where you might consider him a second round player, where I just don't think that can stick long-term. Cam Johnson struggled 10 points on 36% with two triples a steal and a block, while Dinwiddie had 18, three and seven with two steals. Not bad. Cam Thomas looked honestly horrible. He looked like he has never played in the NBA in his life. Zero points on three shots in six minutes. And Joe Harris played seven minutes. They bumped up the minutes for Seth Curry, who played 22 and had 14 points. But none of those are 12 or 14 team league guys. Well, Royce O'Neal's back to that middling role. And that makes him not a 12-teamer either. Seven points for Royce with two steals, while it was a stinker from Finney Smith, who had four fouls. So that limited him. 24 minutes, five, two, and three for Dorian. I'd rather Dorian over Royce in a 12, but they are very much fringe, specialist, schedule-type options. Dorian 12s, Royce for 14-team leagues. The Basmati man himself. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetterHelp. Life can be hard. We know this. And there's so many ways that we can get better. But one of the major ways we can do that is by talking to someone, talking through our problems, getting to know ourselves, deepening our self-awareness and understanding because sometimes you don't even know what you want. And then when you do know what you want, you don't know how to get it or you don't know what you need to change. And that's where therapy can come in. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Just to you're going to start it. You're going to start therapy, which again, I would recommend to people. I've, I've done therapy for a very long time and it's something that you can do to help improve so many aspects of your life. Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's convenient. It's flexible. It's suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire and that will match you to a therapist who fits your needs, your personality and the problems that you are looking to solve. And if it doesn't work out with that therapist, well, you can just switch to another one free of charge because you need to have that connection with that therapist. So discover your potential with BetterHelp. That's betterhelp.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go there today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNBA. Game three. It's the Thunder, 111, the Raptors, 128. Shea was still great, 35 minutes, 29, three and three with two steals. Low minutes for a few of the other guys. Joshy Giddy, 13 and seven. The Bronco, Jalen Williams, only played 29 minutes in this one. Broncos country, let's ride. It wasn't really all that close towards the end of this one. Um, Williams was still good, 15, seven and three, but not where he had been. While ultimate chucker Lou Dort had 10 points on 18%. Now, he did have a triple one. He did have five assists, but that field goal percentage for him is rough. They also completely changed around their bench rotation. Trey Mann had been out of the rotation, and he played 21 minutes. That meant that Aaron Wiggins played only nine minutes, Lindy Waters played only five, and Robinson Earl played nine minutes as well. So they were just mucking around and just messing with guys on that bench unit. Don't add Trey Mann. Don't add Usman Jeng or Robinson Earl or Waters or Wiggins or nothing. But what we do need to look at is the impact that it had on Pig Williams, who played just 14 minutes for five points. That's two games in a row, under 20 minutes for Jalen Williams. Really hard to look at him, Pig Williams, the center Jalen Williams, as a 12-team league guy. He's more 14 to 16 team, who will have big games, but the reliability isn't there. There usually is reliability with Isaiah Joe with threes, and there hadn't been the last couple, but there was today. 12 points, three triples, 24 minutes. He feels relatively locked in at 20 minutes a night, and when you're looking for threes, there's nary a better option than him or who's sitting on the wire. For the Raptors, an interesting rotation decision. Precious Achua out of the rotation. 
And Nick Nurse said after the game, yeah, we like having Pirtle and Christian Coloco. I don't know why he would say we like that when you've done it literally once, but he said we like having those two guys out there, having a constant defensive impact at center. He said, I will try to get minutes for pressures at the four. Well, that's really not going to happen because if you're getting minutes for pressures at the four, that means that him and Boucher are going to be sharing those backup minutes and one of them is not going to play. And Precious, as much as I don't think Boucher is that good, Precious is worse. And he's not worth holding, yet he's still rostered in 12 and 14 team leagues and he absolutely should get the jack. Get that garbage out of here! Pirtle played 29 minutes, 16 and 12. We're not adding Coloco, by the way. That's no, 20 team league stuff. But what we do need to talk about is the play of Gary Trent. Nice, Gary! Finally, 35 minutes for Trenner, 23 and 5, two steals, four triples, 67%. It helps that they're able to keep the minutes of their starters down, especially Ananobi, who played just 29 minutes due to foul trouble. So that helped Trent's minutes. But he was able to get that extra playing time as they didn't play Precious and they didn't play Thad Young. They still played 11 useless minutes of Will Barton, but that helps Trent. Now, is this, if their schedule is something that makes sense for you, or if you're in a roto format and you're dealing with his bad, which is going to happen, his bad field goal percentage, then sure. They have a weekend back-to-back, which is really good. But then they don't play again until Wednesday. So I don't mind adding Trent for the weekend back-to-back. And then if you wanted to move on after that, understand that it's going to be an exercise in ups and downs. The Jedi, OG Ananobi, played 29 minutes. But what about Scarf? OG, stop OG. Uh, you better stop OG. 17 points for Ananobi, three threes, two steals, two blocks, a great game, while Van Vliet had 19, five, and six, and four steals, while Siakam started out poorly and ended up four of eight from line, which is bad. But at least we got a good counting stats game. 25, 14, eight. No defensive stats, but the other stuff was good. He has obviously struggled. We highlighted this on the Bilo show the other day, um, but good to see somewhat better game. Well, Barnsley had 19, 8, and 6 in his 35 minutes. The next game we go to is the Indiana Pacers on the road without Tyrus Halliburton upsetting the Milwaukee Bucks because why not? Why not? Um, big score, 139-123. Buddy Heal dropped in 20 with six assists and two steals. But realistically, we want to see what happened with the absence of Halliburton. They started Jordan Wara, who played 33 minutes, had 12 and eight, four assists, a steal, a block, two triples. As long as Halliburton is out, that's very minimum 14 team league value, probably 12. Aaron Neesmith, 22 and five with six triples. Now, I do not trust Neesmith for a single second. I could piss further than I trust him. He shot 73%. And he's likely to shoot seven in the next game. I would prioritize Nora over Neesmith. But even though that's a really good game from Aaron, I just don't trust it at all. I would, out of everybody, and I don't know why I buried this, I would add Timothy John McConnell. 30 minutes, 19, 3, and 12 with a steal, 75% shooting. His shooting has actually been really, really good this season. But we know it doesn't matter if he starts or comes off the bench. As long as Halliburton is out, McConnell is the guy that we roster in every single situation. Add him now. One thing I found today, and this is not not for me to, you know, I'm not picking on this person, but sometimes I get buried in this thing, and you might get buried in it as well if someone if you're really heavily deep into the NBA or fantasy basketball. And because someone was asking me, hey, do we go and add McConnell after the injury? I said, yeah, yeah, we go and add him. And someone replied to me and said, uh, yeah, but, how, uh, but Nempard started, man. Like, okay, cool. Nempard has started like every game for the last four months. But that's not that person's fault. But I just realized that not everyone knows every little thing that's happening across every part of the NBA at all points. And that is also a way that you, if you are dialed in, 
can have success in buy lows, sell highs, and paying attention because not everyone will pay attention at an elite level or a high level to understand the nuances. So they might say, man, look at that. Nempart started with Halliburton out. We'll go gravy. So they've got somewhat of, a, of an understanding, but not a full understanding of how the situation's worked all season. And Nempart was fine. 24 points in 28 minutes. The 28 minutes is a little bit weird, but 21 field goal attempts, that is huge usage. He didn't have anything in terms of defensive stats, but they said they want to sort of see him explore in this situation where Halliburton's out. So I would add McConnell. I would consider Nempard, and I would consider Nora, and then I'd push someone like a um, Aaron Neesmith to 14s. We also, for deeper leagues, George Hill played 23 minutes, 15 points, three threes. What about the backup situation, the big man situation? Miles Turner, last game he was out. Isaiah Jackson started, played well, and we know the system they run. It seems to be a two-game-on, two-game-off thing between Smith and Jackson. So, of course, Isaiah Jackson went from starting to out of the rotation. And that meant that Jalen Smith played 23 minutes. By 14, 8, and 4. Now, I don't know that there's no set rule or set comment from Rick Kyle that he's going to do the two-game-on, two-game-off thing. But I reckon you got one more good game from Smith coming, and then Jackson will come back in as the backup. Miles Turner was under 30 minutes again with foul trouble again. 11 and 8, two threes. That is like three or four games in a row that Turner has been limited due to fouls, enabling those backups to get extra playing time like we saw with Smith today. But don't think that Smith's going to be that guy every single night because the pattern has established that he won't do it every night and he won't play every night. He might. They might change it. But the pattern suggests that he won't. For the Bucks, there was no Brook Lopez, so punch Bob Bob Porter started at center. 16 and 9, two blocks. Very easy calculation with him. Giannis is out. We use Bob Porter's. Brook Lopez is out. We use Brook, uh, Bob Porter's. Giannis and Brook play. We don't use Bob Porter's. Lopez is out with an ankle problem, so you think that was just a rest situation. While Grayson Allen missed his second straight with a foot issue. This time, they didn't start Javon Carter. They went to Pat Connaughton, who played 31 minutes, had 10 and 6 with three steals, which is like, okay. But we're not looking at him as a 12-team league option. We are considering Joe Ingles if Grayson Allen's out, though. 14 and 5, four triples. I think he's playing really well, 28 minutes. He'd be the guy that I would add over Connaughton. Drew had 19, 7, and 11. Well, Yanni only played 27 minutes because he got into foul trouble as well. 25, 9, and 5 on 59% is all really good. The defensive stats continue to be limited. And then 5 of 10 from the line is just standard. Bad shooting night from Middleton, 16 points. But he had 7 assists. He played 33 minutes. The only thing at this point holding him back is sitting back-to-back. So we fingers crossed that everything stays as it is. But he is as back as he is going to get, I think, for this regular season. Let's do the last game now. The Orlando Magic, they keep it pretty close against the Suns, but in the end, they go down 116-113. The final score, Orlando, basically all healthy. Gary Harris was questionable, but he played. He scored only six points. And it sort of screwed up the upside we had for Suggs or Anthony, although Jalen Suggs screwed it up himself. And this is what we said about Suggs and Anthony, is they are going to have stinkers and they are going to have good games. Part of the reason that you able to add Jalen Suggs or added Cole Anthony is the volume of games, the three games in four nights, the five games in eight nights. So if you added Suggs, five, four, and one is bad. 25% shooting is bad. Three of six from the line is horrendous. Honestly, I'll tell you now, he's the dart of the night. It's a stinking line. But you added him because he gets more games coming up and you get that bonus of him probably going, yeah, 15, five, and five, two steals, two blocks next game. And the volume, the value is the volume, which is a phrase I just made up, but I like it. The value is the volume. Conversely, if you added Cole Anthony, look at me, biggest dick in the world. I've added the best player. I'm king at fantasy. Everyone bow. 17 points, two triples, five rebounds, three assists, 56% shooting. Lovely. And the next game he plays 18 minutes, has three points on 12 shots. The value is in the volume. 
Don't you added him? Look, we know that there is gigantic variance in both of these guys, but you added them to get all that value and volume in, understanding it's going to average out. Fingers crossed. Now we hope that Suggs doesn't put up five turds in a row, and that Anthony doesn't go crazy. Well, we do hope Anthony goes crazy. We want Suggs to have some big ones in there too, and that's the part of it. Marco Fultz, is this how good is this guy? What the hell? Twenty-five, seven, and nine with two steals. Huh. Okay. Well, Wendell had 16-5 and 3 a steal on a block. And uh, Polo Barrett had 18-8 and 3 with two steals on subpar percentage. At least he got a couple of steals in there. Bunkero has been really frustrating, obviously. But over the last week, he's jumped back up into the top 100. Franz Wagner was good at 16 and 10 there also. Not much to talk about. Bol Bol still not a 12-team league guy. Still rostered in some. And Mo Wagner played only seven minutes as they went to some Goga Badadze as the backup center, which was a bit of a surprise. Problem with my Gogo mobile. Gogo mobile. No, not the da. Not the da. For the Suns, this was a big Josh Okoge game. 15, 4, and 4, three steals, three blocks. Now, he shot horribly because let's be honest, we know Josh Okoge's a bad shooter. 29%. But the fact that he was able to add four assists, three steals, and three blocks is very intriguing. Now, his games prior to this, before this game, he was 249th in the last week. That's obviously horrible. And this game is going to jump him way up it's very hard for me to rely upon him getting three steals and three blocks. In fact, it's literally impossible. He's not going to do that or even come within 33% of that. And the shooting is what worries me. The minutes are going to be strong. I still think we treat him as a streamer, not a must roster. And we definitely don't do anything here with campaign who played 21 minutes and had 18, two and five. That's great from pain. Not often you're going to get 58% shooting on 28 usage, which is what he did and got a few extra minutes in the meantime. Booker was not at his best, 19 on 17 shots. Aiton had 16 and 7, pretty pedestrian game from the big man. And Torrey Craig had three threes. He had a steal and a block, which is really nice as a 14-team league streamer, but that's it. Chris Paul also, 16.7 assists, two steals. Some okay numbers. We also got 23-ish Wainwright minutes for some reason. And Terrence Ross has really fallen out of favor. 16 minutes for him, seven points for him. And um, yeah, obviously not that 12-team league guy that he was perhaps flashing a little bit of value there at one point. The lines of the night, the monstrous does go to DeMontis Sabonis of the Sacramento Kings. Your waiver wire line of the night is Rocket, Rodney, Magruder. Rocket, 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 we can't think. We can't think. Sorry, right. Right. Come, on, come on, come on, come on. The young gun of the night is Scotty Barnes, and the dud of the night is Jalen Suggs. Your top 10 players in category leagues, Sabonis, Jokic, Fultz, Magruder, Holiday, Van Vliet, Heald, McConnell, Akogi, and Ananobi. Your top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Akogi should be third here, not um, Neesmith. Um, number one is Magruder. Stream him, I guess, while Livers is out and while Burks and Bogdanovich are out. McConnell at two, add him. Neesmith, good streamer. Akogi, solid streamer. George Hill, that's a deep league situation. Campaign, that's a flash in a pan. Noir is up to 12-team streamable, as is Joe Ingles. They were seven and eight on this list. Tory Craig's like a 14-teamer. And I think Jalen Smith, if my pattern is correct, he should get good minutes next game, and that makes him a stream option for that next game. And after that, watch for him to go back out of the rotation. But I think we've got one more in. Top 10 in points leagues today. Number one is Sabonis, followed by Jokic, Fultz, Siakam, Drew Holiday, Magruder, Van Vliet, Antetokounmpo, Duran, and Nick Claxton. And that, guys, will do it for me today. Don't forget... Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app and on YouTube. Thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.